0: 6.30 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 6.30 Chad.
1: Well, can you believe it? Can you believe it? We're days away from the CFL 2021 season kicking off the first games on Thursday. Grey cup rematch. I put rematch in quotations. Not really a rematch, is it? Because even if Hamilton wins, they will not receive the 2019 nineteen Grey cup. They won't. It'll always be in possession of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But we got Bombers and we got tie cats. And then on Friday night in Saskatchewan, Mosaic Stadium, got the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the BC Lions. And then you got a double dip on Saturday. The Toronto Argos visit the Calgary Stampeders with Calvin McCarty as a member of the stamp. I can't even finish it. And then the grand finale. What we in Edmonton have been waiting for for about 600 and I think it's 15 or 16 days since the last home game we saw the green and gold on the Brickfield of Commonwealth Stadium. The Edmonton Elks at home to the Ottawa Red Blacks. A game you can catch right here on 630 Ched with Countdown to Kickoff at 6 o'clock with Morley Scott, myself, Blake Dermont, who we'll hear from just after 630. And our newest addition on the broadcast team is Eddie Steele and the kickoff is at eight o'clock exciting stuff it's a very different type of uh season because it's just so weird because you had a three-week training camp that's not weird not having any preseason games played that's weird the covid protocols yes that's something we've been dealing with since the pandemic started but we'll get into all that in just a moment uh It's a cool thing, too, is that the injury reports now that the CFL is putting out, they're actually putting out an NFL-style injury report, and you know why that is because that's Bill C218 with the uh, single-game sports betting. If uh, you want people to bet on your sport, you better be transparent about who's going to be on the field. And by the way, this is Dave Campbell in for uh, Reed Wilkins tonight on 6:30 Chat Inside Sports. I probably should tell you that you might have guessed it already. Reed will be back tomorrow. Uh, Reed after last week, and it's been a crazy couple of weeks with the NHL draft and the expansion draft, and with free agency last week. Uh, he took an extra long weekend, which he deserves, no question. Uh, but the injured list for the Edmonton Elks today: uh, Walter Fletcher, running back head, was limited. Uh, Terrian Folston, running back, hamstring limited. Uh, drain Gabriel, defensive back, was limited because of a hamstring. Uh, as far as the other players, uh, Sir Vincent Rogers and Kyle Saxlett, who we haven't seen since week one of training camp, uh, did not participate for both. Uh, Rogers dealing with a chest injury, Saxlett dealing with a back. And uh, Troy Williams, a quarterback, non-related injury. We'll get to this a little bit more later on in this segment. But it was also a day where we kind of got some questions answered when it comes to, well, what happens if there is a COVID outbreak within a team? Can they postpone a game? Well, the answer is no. They it's not that they well, really they can't, because the schedule is not flexible enough where you can do that. And in fact, if if you have heard the NFL's policy, if there is a team that suffers a COVID outbreak, that team must forfeit the game. Because what the NFL is saying, we are not scheduling or rescheduling games like last year. And plus, they don't have the wiggle room because fans are a part of the deal as well. And you have stadiums that are now being operated by other entities in some cases so this is really you better be healthy or you're gonna lose the game so here is what the cfl put out today uh cfl commissioner randy ambrosie says our goal is to ensure we have zero game cancellations due to issues caused by an outbreak of covid 19 within our football operations While this policy spells out what will happen if cancellations do occur, its main purpose is to encourage all of our players to get fully vaccinated in order to minimize the risk to our season and, most importantly, their health and safety. So here are the scenarios. If a game cannot be played as scheduled because of COVID-19 issues and it cannot be rescheduled, so that tells me they will try, but they're not going to fall all, all over themselves to try and reschedule it, because if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. There's very little wiggle room. So here's, here's, here's what will happen. According to the policy, if a game cannot be played as scheduled because of COVID-19 issues, it cannot be rescheduled, and one club is suffering from the COVID-19 issues, that club will forfeit the game and be assigned a loss. while well, its opponent will be credited with the win by a score of 1-0 and both clubs are suffering from the COVID-19 issues, then both clubs will forfeit the game and be assigned a loss. Now, in both circumstances, if a team can prove that 85% of their players under contract have been vaccinated at least once and preferably fully, its players will receive their salary for the cancelled game. If the team falls below that 85% threshold, the entire team will not receive its salary. As of last Friday's league wide roster cut down, 79% of CFL players are partially or fully vaccinated. Three teams have more than 85% of their players uh vaccinated. I uh, just lost my place here. Hang on here. Okay. The other six teams have vaccination rates ranging from 67% to 81%. So there you go. Now, how can a game be canceled? Well, if uh, its playing is precluded by a decision by a government health authority. That's obvious. If a team does not have 36 players to dress for a game, if a team does not have an individual available to coach the offense and another individual to coach the defense, and if a team does not have a certified athletic therapist and sports medicine physician available for the game. In addition, the commissioner can also cancel a game at his discretion following consultation with the CFL's chief medical officers and the cfl pa that's a lot there isn't it yep but this is clearly the cfl saying we have no wiggle room here so adhere to the protocols yes but also get vaccinated here's what trevor harris had to say on these new covid protocols No, everybody wants to play football. Um, It's unfortunate that, you know, new COVID
2: protocols keep coming every day, but it's everybody's first pandemic. And so, you know, we've kind of all just got to roll with the punches and uh, whatever happens, happens, but do our best to make sure that we're following the
1: guidelines. Now, this doesn't impress everybody. Okay, I mean, James Waller Jr. uh, just sent out a tweet a couple hours ago saying this is extremely dumb. I'm not trying to out anybody, but I'm just telling you what, some reactions are going to be i talked to an agent today that said i like this this is good and he says honestly it should be mandatory that you get the vaccination so there's a debate as well on that note jamie elizondo who is the head coach is he aware of his own team's vaccination rate coaches don't know anything about
0: that it's been kept completely separate away from uh, the coaches as a as a Precaution, right? The medical staff obviously knows, but none of the coaches know, and that's 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 a better way to do it. That way, it's not, hey, this guy's vaccinated; we should, you know, or this guy's not. Everybody's the same, and it's actually the right formula, you know, because I'm I'm a big believer in everybody has a choice, and those guys, those men in that locker room, should
1: be able to choose their decisions. I actually think this is a smart approach from Jamie Elizondo, uh, and I think it's up to his medical personnel to deal with this. With the individual players on their own. And you treat this like an injury. So if someone does have a COVID issue, then you treat it like an injury. On the injury report, COVID issues will not be separated from the injury report, it will just say COVID unlike what we saw in the NHL where they had a COVID protocol list. The NFL NFL had that. I think Major League Baseball might have. I'm not sure. Um, But there will not be a separate list. So not everyone's going to like this. Some people are going to think it's great. Uh, Brian. Or call 780-496-0063. Brian says, Dave, I like this idea, but I'm curious – as to if the CFLPA had to sign off on this, I'm sure they did because the words or the letters CFLPA were mentioned in Randy Ambrosi's release. So yeah, I think I think absolutely they were included. I mean, everything, every step of the way here, when you, when you talk about COVID nineteen protocols, have been approved. So and I'll, I'll just re I'll just mention a, a line as well. From Randy Ambrose in his statement. While this policy spells out what will happen if cancellations do occur, its main purpose is, is to encourage all of our players to get vaccinated in order to minimize the risks to our season, and most importantly, their health and safety. There it is. So you do have players within the league that are fully vaxxed. You do have some that have won. You do have a lot that are not. And the NFL is dealing with this as well. And Cole Beasley of the Buffalo Bills has been someone that's, you know, trying to fight the system and say, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Forget it. Not happening. So I don't think he'll win, but nice try, Cole. Anyway, uh, another scenario that happened today. Troy Williams, as I mentioned, was on the injury report. Well, because he was in quarantine today. Not because of a COVID in- uh, issue. Here's uh, the explanation from Jamie Elizondo.
0: Yeah, we just quarantining him to uh, to not find ourselves in a situation like the Denver Broncos. So he's going to you know, be in meetings via Zoom, right? And uh, I think we're going to do that all year because if, if you have a COVID outbreak and you don't have a quarterback, you can't play. So he's just a precautionary. We'll rotate those guys so that they're not living in that world the entire season. That's our plan right now. Yeah, they'll come get their throws when nobody's here. You know, later in the evening, get his work, right? Try to go through the script as much as you can just to work and simulate those throws so he's actually throwing the ball. But that's going to be a an evolving process. But I think it's a something that we had a plan for from way beginning just – you can't play with a can't play a game without a quarterback. So,
1: or just being cautious in that regard. No, it, it happened though because you had the Denver Broncos, as Jamie Elizondo mentioned during the NFL season, have all four quarterbacks go down because of a COVID outbreak, and they used a. The, uh, practice roster receiver if i'm correct as a quarterback because that's the only one on the roster that had significant quarterback experience and it was a disaster like i think he only completed one or two passes in the game and the broncos got crushed in a game against the new orleans saints so you're going to see whether it's troy williams who right now is the backup quarterback to trevor harris or you'll see taylor cornelius or you'll see dakota prukop who recently was signed by the elks go into a quarantine scenario just in case they run into issues with their quarterbacks with covid so they'll at least have one quarterback that can go in and play and scott milanovic talked about this when he was the double e head coach before he eventually resigned earlier this year but uh jamie elizondo as you heard said this is something that's in the works and more teams are likely going to do this as well decathlon has started and a great start for damien warner of canada who uh ties his world decathlon 100 meter record at 10.12 seconds so Damian warner uh definitely a threat in the decathlon if i'm not correct i believe no i no i think that's aaron brown that's in the uh final four the 200 meters along with andre degrasse so uh yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh Damian Warner and Pierce the Page will run the 100-meter dash tonight and Warner just put in a scintillating time. That's pretty good. They'll also compete in shot put and long jump this evening. Also, golf is underway. Elena sharper Kenderson of Canada will chase medals. Uh, canoe sprint, both Canadian and men uh, men and Canadian uh, Canadian men and women, excuse me, will be on the water today as uh heats take place for both the 500 200 and 1,000-meter competition. I put them out of order for some goofy reason. Heptathlon starting tonight, women's heptathlon. Canada and Canada's Georgia Ellenwood will compete in the 100-meter hurdles and high jump tonight. And uh, there's more stuff going on tonight, track and field diving, cycling, sport climbing, and equestrian. Canada did not medal yesterday. How about Penny Alexiak, too? Seven medals in a career, the most decorated Olympian in Olympic history, surpassing Sidney Clausen and Clara Hughes. How many more medals can she win? She's only 21. It's amazing. Uh, I mentioned the uh, Elks injury report. The Red Blacks releasing theirs today. And the most notable name on that list is Matt Nichols, their starting quarterback. Limited today with a right shoulder injury. So we'll see. It's uh, day one, day two is tomorrow, day three is Thursday, game Saturday. So it's quite possible a veteran quarterback may make an appearance tomorrow or day three and still be able to play. But uh, hard to game plan for an opponent that is so different. Here's what Aaron Grimes had to say about the lack of film on the Red Blacks for week one.
2: It's tough. Uh, you know, like you said, with all the new pieces over there, uh, you know, the thing we have on our side is the D coordinator's been in the league for a long time. The OC's been in the league for a long time. And so is the quarterback. So, you know, we do have film on in all three aspects. You know, it's just... You know, a matter of putting it together, looking at schemes, you know, more so than just the offense and trying to figure out, you know, we don't know where Ottawa's going to be putting their players, yeah. to be honest. But we know schematically what, what they might like to run against us. So at the end of the day, we'll have a game plan. Uh, but on defense, it's, we react. They'll come out. They might hit us with something we've never seen before, and we'll
1: react to it. And You know, this was something that Jamie Elizondo brought up uh, before the season even started. Uh, this was well before training camp started. Well, maybe like a couple of weeks before, three weeks before, uh, and here we are. And Elizondo says, uh, "Yeah, it's 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 unique."
0: It's funny because you're. <laughs> You know, you're watching 2018 Edmonton defense, you know, so um, you're watching 2019 Winnipeg offense, right? Uh, you're watching 2018-19 special teams from Ottawa. So you're watching Hamilton because the, that guy was on the Hamilton team and you're trying to get some evals on, on personnel that way. So it's unique. I think our focus is on us. There's going to have to be some adjustments in the game. You know, you, you go in expecting a number of things, but You're going to have to make some adjustments. At the end of the day, our focus is on us, our executing the things that we're asking the guys to do, and then we'll make the adjustment as coaches when when we start to see something different.
1: And we heard a couple couple of times, Aaron Grimes said it, Elizondo referenced it, and you do it, you see football teams do it anyway. That's adjusting on the fly, and here's what Trevor Harris has to say about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think everybody's kind of battling that uh, this year, you know, especially with people that haven't been coordinators. You know, Baron Miles, uh, D coordinator in Montreal, He he's going to have his own spin on things. And, you know, like just with Sh- Shivers, Jason Shivers and Sask, you know that uh, he comes f- with Chris Jones, and so, you know, he's going to have a ton of creative stuff on defenses that he's doing and um, a lot of really good defensive minds that are coordinators up here. And so uh, it's going to be exciting to see how they're, uh, they're playing offenses right
1: now. So it'll be the uh- – chess game that it usually is in a football game and it's like what jamie elizondo said last week i think it was friday you know football's about solving problems well when you're going in a bit blind (laughs) not really sure what you're going to see not blind but let's face it i mean you can't really look at the red blacks from 2019 the red blacks can't really look at The Red Blacks have to look at themselves from 2018-17-16 with Jamie Elizondo as the head coach and offensive coordinator of the Elks. So isn't that that interesting? It's crazy. Blake Dermott is going to be joining us next he's a fixture on our edmonton elks broadcast and we'll get his thoughts on a very unusual beginning of a season but it's exciting nonetheless that the 2021 cfl season is about to begin dave campbell and for reed welkinstein on 6:30, 30 inside sports i uh love this tweet from penny Alexiak. oh sure that my computer decides to jump on me okay we didn't physically jump on me that'd be freaky Um, that was a bad joke. It's uh, Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins, who tells better jokes than I do. Uh, Penny Alexiak, who became the most decorated Olympian in the uh, history of this country. She said on, on her tweet eight hours ago, I just Googled Canada's most decorated Olympian and my name came up. I just want to thank that teacher in high school who told me to stop swimming and focus on school because swimming wouldn't get me anywhere. This is what dreams are made of. Well, that teacher's clearly wrong. Would that teacher even be on Twitter? I don't know. If he or she is, very silly. Very, very silly. Uh, Penny Alexiak and uh, Canada doing us proud. As as I mentioned, Damian Warner with a great 100-meter run, 31 years old, and matches his world record 10.12 seconds. That's fantastic. Long jump still to come. Uh, soon we'll be heading to the uh actually you know what we're gonna do it now i'm I'm very excited about the edmonton Elk season and uh, i'm glad to get back in the booth with morley and to hear from our newcomer uh, eddie Steele. He used to play with the uh, double e for uh, a number of years 14 to uh 16 13 to 16 won a great cup in 2015 great defensive tackle and uh, can't wait to be back with this man, Blake Dermott, as we uh, go to the hotline presented by Certainty Professional Grade Building Materials Pro all the way. Blake, how you doing? Oh, great. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on.
3: I'm looking forward to finally watching some live football uh, this weekend. I think
1: the uh, the the number of days I, I heard it last night, something like 615 days since the last game was played on the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. I mean, when when you just we know it's been long, but when you when you put it in that 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 number is huge. Like Saturday is going to be special.
3: Yeah, that's I. You know, I never thought about the the length of time, but you you know, two years. That's about what it. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, uh, it it is a. Uh, um for for so many people I, I, there's a lot of people very excited about this game on the on the weekend just being able to see it and i think it's going to be i think it could be really cool but and if people aren't there in the stadium they, they might miss something that the city hasn't experienced in a few years so that's yeah. i think it's going to be fantastic to be there at the stadium on saturday
1: and there's going to be a pretty cool uh, ceremony before the game, which is going to basically meld the the past to the present and going into the future. So I just want to remind people about that. So you might want to get there early to get in your seats and uh, to see a football game too, between, uh, you know, it's just hard to know what you're going to see after all this time off, you know, with, uh, with no preseason games, you uh, and, you know, I saw something weird. Before we talk about the game itself, which is hard to talk about because it's like, how do you talk about a game that between two teams that haven't played for so long? But, you know, training camp's are grind, as you know, and we had you on, I think, the first week of camp, and you talked about just, uh, I think the word you use you use was luxury because that's that's what it's like now with these players. It's, I mean, there were no two a days. There were scheduled regeneration days, which means days off. Um, so it's not like your day when you practice for two hours, break, then practice for another two hours, and you kept going and kept grinding and grinding away here. But it's funny how I saw. Even after three, four days in camp and it continued till the end of camp is just the smiles that that players had. You know, they get sick of each other fast. They get tired fast. They get mentally exhausted. Uh, but I guess that just shows you when you don't have something you love for, you know, 19, 20 months and it comes back uh, that we really found out who likes football and who loves football. Yeah.
3: You know, uh, it, it, uh, it was really fun to see the guys running around, having, having a good time out there in the, on the field The, they, I mean, I've only been able to be at a few practices, but they, but you really, it's noticeable and, and you know, it's noticeable too. It's noticeable, you know, just sitting there with the, with the media guys and, and we're all, you know, it's been a while since we've actually watched it live. And, and I heard comments, I'm going to have to learn how to watch this again. You know? <laughs> you know? and, and it's the truth because you, you, you forget what to look for. And, and so, you know when we talked about the fact that there uh, there's there's been limited amount of uh, contact um certainly no exhibition games all of those kinds of things and and you know for people that are going to show up and watch the games on saturday there it's it's going to take them about one second to realize that they're watching football and and yeah there's not going to be the pre-game scouting that that, that that most teams have had and the luxury of that happening uh over the last 50 years because of film and and uh and scouting and and advanced scouting and and all those kinds of things this is going to look like traditional football you know you're going to see two teams that are pros and these are professional guys and coaches know each other players have played on both teams uh, and there's going to be that kind of look so you're not talking about like uh, aliens that are coming in a completely different game these are these are (laughs) going to be this is going to be football and these are coaches that have have been around long enough that if something happens they'll make adjustments and that's not going to be anything different than what they've done in the past um and and i think it's going to be exciting and and the the best thing about this is is there's so much unknown like how many times over the last number of years where you come into a game and 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 players are oh they took them lightly well nobody's taking anybody lightly now Mm, because you mm -hmm. can't because there's just this if you take anybody lightly you could get smacked in the face now we say that every year but this is so true now because you don't know anything about them so you got to come out and do your best all the time and and that's what's going to be exciting for fans because you're going to see motivated guys who haven't played in over 600 days and they're going to have to play hard because they know nothing about what they're playing against
1: yeah and that was a theme after practice today i talked with trevor harris and aaron grimes and head coach jamie elizondo about preparing for a team that is so new I mean, to, to, to game plan for Paul Apelisse and Matt Nichols, you have to go back to the Winnipeg Blue Bomber film from 2019 prior to prepare for the Red Blacks defense. You have to look at, you know, when Mike Benavides was a D coordinator here in Edmonton or when he was a D coordinator here in BC. But football's the ultimate, and I think you say it in all sports, but really I think football is the ultimate. Uh, we worry about ourselves first, And like you said, we adjust after and I wonder if this is going to be this week is going to be a lot like week one in the NFL, where there was some sloppy play that led to some of the most exciting action we've ever seen. And we had crazy, crazy things happen in week one of the NFL. I wonder if we're going to get that this this week as well.
3: Well, I don't see why we won't because it's it is, it is football, and and uh, we've got a, an almost identical situation where very short training camps and no exhibition games, no no time to polish, and and trust me, th- this is the other thing that I, I'm sure that every coach uh, across the league is going to say the same thing that. They will have made mistakes in personnel judgment as well, you know. So there's going to be there's going to be bouncing around with personnel a, after a week because you know some guy looked really good in drills and another guy who didn't uh, look so good got let go and maybe that guy's back in the uh, back in the in the fold next week or two weeks from now or in with another team. So there's going to be an awful lot of adjusting uh, being done by all the teams over the course of the next couple of weeks. But that's just I think going to uh, lead to the excitement that we're going to see and and uh, the mistakes are going to be exciting the great plays are going to be even more exciting and uh, uh and that's what uh, that's why i think uh, i'm i'm really looking forward to this this week starting on wednesday i guess
1: yeah, that's right. Uh, Blake Dermott joining us, our in-game analyst on Edmonton Elks football on 630 Chad uh, joining us here on 630 Chad Inside Sports. Our very first game this Saturday at uh, the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Eight o'clock is the kickoff. We'll have an extended edition of Countdown to kickoff starting at six o'clock. Uh, injury concerns for the Elks, really, they're on their offensive line. We know who the, uh, uh, the interior is, and they're very good. David Beard at center, Jacob Ruby at left guard, Matt O'Donnell at right guard. Uh, but Sir Vincent Rogers and Kyle Saxlitt started out camp as the tackles, Uh Servi at the left side, Saxlitt at the right side. Well, they're likely not going to play. So here's the, here, here's the concept or the scenario where you might have two new left tackles that really we haven't seen for a while. One could be a raw, raw rookie in, uh, in Demary at left. And then Justin Renfro is, has some experience at right. Uh, and then you throw in the the unknown situation of we don't know what we're facing on on saturday so that's another element i think we have to look at is is uh how will these tackles play in this in this situation
3: well you know one of the things and and that's when you when I, I, I we had this conversation a while ago about how how do you how do you uh handicap teams in the league this year and I think I think the handicap has to start where where, where the, I think the group that's most important to an offense um is your offensive line and when you look at Winnipeg's offensive line their whole offensive line is back you know and and you look at teams that have their uh, large portions of their offensive line uh intact from two years ago I mean that's not to say they're going to be great because guys are gonna age and things like that but but if you've got that thing put together then go to your quarterbacks i I think with the with the three interior alignments the elks have in the fold this year and and i mean uh, sir v hasn't played in if if it's over 600 days it's probably getting close to 900 days for him yeah and uh um and he was he was penciled to be the starter uh, and the last time they touched the field he missed the whole season so so this is, but we're not talking about somebody that's just a raw guy. Like he's he's, he's got some gray. He he was an, an outstanding offensive lineman. It still could be an outstanding offensive lineman if he's healthy. Um, I don't know if that's if he's going to play this weekend, but but certainly he was a he's a quality player. Um, uh, they uh, Renfro is a. Uh, um, um, he's he's also a guy with some experience and Demary is is you don't come to professional football without having you know I without having played at a high level and and going through NFL camps and all those kinds of things so I'm not as concerned with those two positions uh big reason uh Harris gets rid of the ball frightfully fast Mm -hmm. okay and these guys can block one-on-ones these guys can do that kind of stuff where the, where they where the issue might happen is communication with with blitzes and but when when you're talking about a team that throws as much as edmonton does and and harris harris uh gets the ball off quick on on and blitzing situations because a lot of times they're bringing more guys than you can block so one of those guys is harris's read so it's all becomes one-on-one so uh, I'm, I'm not as concerned in those positions. The interior guys have to work more together. Sometimes you're on an island when you're in a tackle spot, so so it's just you against that rush guy or you against that defensive end. And uh, so I, I think if it was a center spot, if Beard was a guy that was down, or if it was one of the guard positions, if O'Donnell was down, those are the guys that can, can help out the tackle. I'd be a little bit more concerned, but I think their offensive line, I think their offensive line is going to be really strong, regardless of who's in there, as long as those three interior guys are in good shape.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh I also have to congratulate you as we finish up. Uh you're named one of the four O linemen on the Elks all time all-star roster. So congratulations. Uh you're in fourth. You finished behind Bill Stevenson, Rod Connop, and Heck Poche. We had Heck on the show last week. Um, I don't know what what'd you think? It was kind of a fun exercise. I had a lot of fun, you know, listening and seeing the results. And I don't know if you even bothered to vote or or what, but uh it was, it was fun. I don't know what you felt. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I, I had mentioned that to me uh, a
3: couple days beforehand, and, uh, and I didn't even know, or I, I think i heard about it, but I I'd completely forgot. And, uh, so then I went on and of course I voted for all the guys that, but I, I think I screwed up the votes because I was voting the top three guys, you top four guys <laughs> you're only <always laughs> supposed to vote one time. So my votes are probably all busted anyways, but I was voting, uh, for, you know, the guys in the positions of, uh, all the other positions that played. And, uh, and then I, I, I told my, I told my wife about it and I told my son and, Neither one of them voted for me so, so I lost I lost my one vote, and I didn't even you know they didn't vote for me and I was like well why didn't you vote? And I asked my wife she goes, well, I didn't think I had that good a career so, so, no so, yeah, she was just kidding but uh, but it was kind of funny and, and it was it was it was a really cool thing and, and you know just just the fact that that people, um you know uh there was so many people i've I, well, how many was it like 30,000 people went on a vote mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, that there's that many people that were interested and 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 uh uh you know that that felt it was important to, to get on and vote i thought that was that's an honor for me that people there was enough people that that uh, wanted to vote for me and and uh that people still remember me and you know and then uh and then the other thing that was really kind of interesting was that how many guys are that in those uh, in those lists are on the Wall of Fame, uh, mm-hmm. on the Elks Wall of Fame? This, it just to be held in that kind of a, a company of those guys was was really an honor.
1: Yeah, and you know there was only really one position that was a no-brainer. You know who would finish number one, and that was Giz, of course. Who would you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. You'd probably have fun with that one too. But it just shows you how how deep this this team is all time. You know, and it's funny the one position, running back. I mean, I think the I think the 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 most recent running back that was voted was Jim Germany. And that was like 34 years ago. But but it does show yeah. you that, you know, different eras at different times. And there's some positions where every decade mm-hmm. they had a really, really deep team. Yeah, and uh, I played with Jim Germany. That was
3: his last season that he played. He got injured in training camp, and he never played. I, you know, blew his knee out, uh, or he may have played early in the season. And and uh, he was phenomenal, though. I, I think he played ten years with the with the then uh, um, well, the former Elks, and and uh, mm-hmm. um, and I think he was nine years in a row had a thousand yards. I mean, that is an unbelievable career uh, by at any by any uh, means in, in any league. And uh, yeah, and that was thirty four years ago. Um, and he was and then everybody else was you know in from the 50s and 60s so there's a, there's a lot of deep roots of uh, football fans in this city
1: well it's going to be fun it's going to be fun to be working again uh together and and, and to watch football and to talk football and and uh, just to spend more time together, looking forward to broadcast number one of the 2021 season. Uh, we're going to have Eddie Steele in the mix as well with uh, Morley, uh, uh, with you and myself. Uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for Saturday. Thanks so much, Blake. Okay, thanks a lot, Dave. Talk to, you, talk to you later. Can't wait indeed. Yes, Blake Dermott, our in-game analyst on Edmonton Elks broadcast here on 630 Jed. And the first game on Saturday, 6 o'clock. countdown to kickoff an extended edition a two-hour edition of countdown to kickoff and that is because we have been gone for a long time so we're going to supersize the pregame show so it's two hours long the kickoff from the brickfield at commonwealth stadium and you might want to get in your seats a little bit earlier than usual i I hear there's about twenty-four thousand plus sold could be a nice day now the chance of rain has gone down but it's an eight o'clock kickoff on the brickfield at commonwealth stadium and we'll hear from head coach Dave Tippett comments. He made with Bob Stoffer earlier today on Oilers. Now at Tippett's first chance to really comment on uh, what happened in free agency last week, a very busy week by the, uh, by the team picking up the likes of uh, Zach Hyman and Derek Ryan and Cody CC and uh, Warren Fogle. Fortunately, Ethan bear got traded. I mean, unfortunately and sincerely, because you know, I mean, Fogle is a great player. Uh, for the role he'll play and it's just too bad it didn't work out with Ethan Bear that's all I'm saying so we'll hear uh, from uh, comments from Dave Tippett after 7 30 after 7 o'clock we will hear from Julio Caravatta, the uh, color analyst former CFL quarterback with the BC Lions on our affiliate station CKNW radio in Vancouver Uh, Georgia Ellen Ellen Wood starts her heptathlon with a fifth place finish in her heat Finishes with a time of 13.47 seconds. Uh, So that's uh, Georgia Ellenwood in the heptathlon in the hurdles. So we will uh, keep you posted on anything that happens today uh, or this evening from uh, Tokyo. And in a couple days from now, we're going to be excited about this uh, women's soccer. Going for gold against Sweden. I can't wait for that. Redemption for a lot of uh, those fine female soccer players, including Christine Sinclair, who is just a gem. Uh, Trevor Harris comments on what his thoughts are on the offense right now, who last week, you know, were challenged by their head coach, Jamie Elizondo to be more consistent. What does Harris think?
2: Offense is always a work in progress, and no matter how good you're you're rolling, uh, you know, 2018 when I was with Jamie and toward the end of the year, we were really, really playing good football, and it's never a finished product. There's always, you know, depths and routes. There's always timing in my drops. There's always, you know, location on a throw. There's always stuff that you're going to be working on, but, um, you know, it's good to kind of, you know, get get a good feel for who's going to be out there uh, during the game, uh, you know, with our, our guys that are lining up out there at receiver and get a feel for what they're trying to do with what we're trying to do. And, and be able to talk through things, and so day one practice of you know learning a whole bunch of new receivers is, is probably the day that we'll learn the most. And um, so we'll go in and watch the film, fine tune some details uh, with like I said, footwork, drop, timing, uh, you know, depth, uh, angle of routes, and and make sure that we're we're under p's and q's and we're crisp. And um, I think we'll do a good job of making the adjustments from day one to day two. And uh, like I said, we're never really going to worry about game day on day one or day two. We're going to worry about watching the film now, making the corrections, and having a, a good day tomorrow.
1: And the big question will be, uh, I think from the offensive side of things is, is how quickly can they get things together? Uh, even though they're a very good group with James Wilder in the backfield uh, as a running back and you got the receivers like Darrell Walker, Greg Ellingson, Armani Edwards. Uh, and the, the question I think is, will Devon Smith play? If not, I think Shai Ross is going to play and shy Ross has had an excellent training camp and uh, Mike Jones would be the other Canadian receiver, but uh, I think we got to be patient, but that's where I think the run game can really, really be an asset for the Elks and the defense. We'll see what happens with two rookie linebackers who played really well in camp, and we'll see when the lights come on whether that'll be uh, that'll stay true. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.